Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 76. Hope that you all had a lovely Thanksgiving. My guest this week is Megan O'Donnell from the Bravo Happy Hour podcast. Before we get into that, just wanted to remind you all that if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also reach me at ITRL underscore podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. I've been trying to be a little bit more engaged on Instagram. I really do love hearing from all of you. Now, without further ado, this is episode 76. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Megan O'Donnell from Bravo Happy Hour. How are you doing, Megan? Hi, I'm great. I love being a guest on other people's podcasts, so I'm very excited to be here. Yay! So I wanted to get into, just dive into some of the latest Bravo gossip before we recap the shows. So I'm going to list a couple things and would love to hear your thoughts, and also if you know any of the latest gossip that I've somehow missed. But I've heard that Kelly and Vicky made up in the last week. I heard that they also made up at the reunion. However, that means nothing to me. Like Vicky and and Kelly are both so able to forgive immediately and then eight hours later completely turn on each other again. So I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. I also really don't want to see Vicky back. I'm kind of over it. I don't know. I just think at this point, like... I think she's being really rude to Bronwyn. Bronwyn is like a freak. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, she is coming in real hot on OC this year. Like, definitely, like, breaking down barriers that the show hasn't really had with the type of women. Like, casual threesomes. Like, getting annihilated drunk at her weaning party. Like, I don't know. She's done a lot of weird shit, so I get why Vicky's, like, trepidatious around her. But I've always... I've just kind of not liked how she picks on Bronwyn. I don't know why I'm like a Bronwyn supporter. Like I love her and I hate her. <laughs> I I appreciate her. She brings something I haven't seen before on these shows. A liberal. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Well, I love how she's like, I'm a Miami girl. She's like, the real me is a Miami girl. I'm like, what are you doing in the OC, which is like truly like white, Whitesville white. Like you can't find anyone who's not blonde or blue eyes. And if you do, her name is Emily. Like, and that's it. I have no idea what she's doing there. So the other thing that I'm really into right now is the Jennifer Aiden versus Bethany drama. It's so few people are willing to ever call out Bethany for her shit. And we all love Bethany. Like she's classic housewife, but she can be obnoxious. And so it started out where, you know, Jennifer calls herself a comedian. She's not. Uh, Bethany didn't need to do this, but under a Instagram post commented, said nobody funny about themselves ever. You know, Jennifer doesn't take anything lying down. So she's like, Bethany Franco, well, I guess there's a first time for everything. And you're so right. The things I say said nobody ever. And it kept going. And when she was on Watch What Happens Live, she was asked about it and completely shaded Bethany. Like, didn't she leave Housewives? Isn't she on, like, to, like, bigger and better things? If she wants to make a Tales from the Crypt comeback, I'm sure she can get some castmates. She can get Margaret (laughs) Josephs to join her cast and then call me in 10 years and tell me if I'm funny or not. Just savage, pure savagery. But I also respect that. Like, don't back down. And then Patty Sanger came out of the cave that she's living in and tweeted, like, hey, Jen, like, don't slam an OG Bravo icon, dumbass move. Stop making Jersey look bad. It's like, Patty, what are you saying? Like, she could slam anybody she wants. Just because Bethany has OG status doesn't mean you can't clap back to her. Like, you know, that's so unfair. And also, most people who clap back to Bethany don't win. But I feel like Jennifer kind of... She kind of is. Yeah, she kind of got her. It's like, why are you, like, scrolling on Housewives... Instagrams that you don't even know, like you don't know Jennifer, and making nasty comments. Like, don't you have other things to do? Shouldn't you be saving someone somewhere? Like, (laughs) I mean, Bethany, don't get me wrong, does a lot of good for people. But yeah, stay in your lane. I feel like you don't really need to be like getting involved with like Jersey Housewives. And I feel like Bethany's someone on Bravo who watches every single show. Like, there are some people who you know barely even watch their own show. But I do feel like Bethany is like has like minute by minute notes on every show that's ever aired on Bravo and can like <laughs> like be like an encyclopedia of <laughs> Bravo bullshit. And her words, get a hobby. <laughs> yeah, for real. But then wait, so this is that something that creeped me out from that interview. So on Watch What Happens Live, Andy dressed like Jennifer and Bill's sex life because like that during the poker episode, the guys oh, were like, you're so, so Joe, like, so Bill, how much sex do you and uh, what's her name? Jennifer have. And he's like, oh, you know, once a month, I like to keep her waiting. And then obviously they had to address that on the show because like once a month, I mean, they have like 70 kids. So like it's different uh, for them than like Melissa and Joe who have like kids who are older at this point. But she was saying like, my husband's well serviced. Like sometimes I do things that other girls don't even do. Like I don't need anything done to me. I just, I, I let him, I blow him to sleep pretty much every night. And I was like, you know, he hasn't gone down on her since 1987 and if ever if ever like I don't think she like knows what actual sexual pleasure is 
And then she also mentioned, and I hate judging this because I'm not a parent, but she did mention that their six-year-old sleeps in the bed with them. No. It's like... On the show. That's like like half a full-size person. It's it's just, I feel like boundaries. Like, have some boundaries, you know? (laughs) Nothing is less sexy than, yeah, like your six-year-old in the bed with you. No, no. And also she was going through all the, like... Those wild surgeries this summer. So imagine her like all bandaged up. And like still. (laughs) I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like honestly like getting a little sidetracked, like thinking about the two of them. I'm going to write like Bill and Jennifer fan fiction tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I am appreciating them this season, though. Um, So then Tinsley's gotten engaged, which everyone knows. But it sounds like she skipped the cast trip to Mexico. Uh, not surprising. Is she just completely done? I think so. I think, I think so she's too. like, fuck all y'all. I got exactly what I wanted. I don't need this show. This was a stepping stone to get back on my feet. I'm back on my feet and I'm done, which is like kind of a power move. It is. Do you think Carol will be invited to the wedding? Fuck Carol. I hated Carol being like, oh, I'm not even that close with Tinsley. It's like, bitch, you guys have gone on, like, vacations together. You hang out a lot, obviously, on screen and off screen. And then for her to be like, mm, Tinsley, I don't really know her. It's like, what are you doing, Carol? Who do you think you are? Like, Tinsley? Well, you know, she's a mess, but, like, I think Tinsley's cool. Like, I, like I, hang I out do, with too. I like her. I That was the moment I turned on Carol because I was 100% team Carol up until – then not the vibrator necklace moment uh that she's now shilling which is what i'm getting for everybody for christmas in my life (laughs) i mean (laughs) in terms of the bethany versus carol thing because i thought bethany went way too low in that telling her that she didn't have kids and things like that and didn't have a career when she had incredible career i that pissed me off so much and i just felt like even if her and Bethany weren't on good terms, there's no need for Bethany to go after those kinds of things. So I think Bethany like had all of those things later in her life too. So I feel like she feels now like she's in a place where she's like, I've got my perfect kid, my perfect job, my perfect apartment, my perfect life. It's like, girl, we watch the show and we know like, yes, you have all those things and those are beautiful and great for you. But those things have also come with so much pain like having Brynn and dealing with all the Jason things like really sucks where Carol didn't have to deal with that. And I always felt like Bethany felt like Carol didn't have responsibility. She didn't have the drama in her life like Bethany had where it's like, no, but Carol made those choices. Had Carol wanted kids, she probably would have, you know, maybe met someone after Anthony passed away and could have started that chapter of her life. But she didn't want that. And, she wanted them with Anthony, not yeah, with anyone else. Exactly. So. And, you know, as much like, that's such a heartbreaking thing that she had to watch her husband pass away. And, you know, after that, I could understand why Carol's like, you know what? I can kind of have a stress-free life, do my thing, eat sexy salads with this 17-year-old boy. Like, <laughs> and, like, and, like, I, I don't know, like, have just an easier life. And then, yeah, Bethany's like, I'm in court again, trying to see my kid again, when you know Bethany has the shitty end of the custody battle with him. Like, let's be real. Like my uh, cousin actually goes to school with Bryn and, you know, they always are saying that they see 
Jason and his parents picking Bryn up from school all the time. And it's like very, very rare that Bethany is actually at the school doing like any sort of pickup or drop off in the morning. So uh, not surprising. Well, Bethany also decided to tweet nasty at Uber yesterday because she was in an Uber and apparently the driver wouldn't let Bryn play her ukulele and asked them to get out of the car and then said they were going to get refunded, but she was charged $30. Girl, you have so much money. Why are you picking an online fight with Uber? She's like that person where it's like, it, it's, you know when people are like, oh, the richest people are the cheapest. Yeah. It's because they do shit like this. Like where it's like, bitch, $30, just eat the cost and tell your daughter to put her fucking ukulele away. You can also on Uber dispute a charge. Like you don't have to go public with it. You can do it. They'll refund your money. If you're not doing it all the time, like if you have one time where you're like, hey, I was you know, charged and the person didn't bring me where they said they would, they refund you the money. Like, what is wrong with her? She reminds me of Jax just picking out, like, every... (laughs) Although I'm blocked by Jax on Twitter, so... I'm literally wearing a sweater right now that says blocked from by Jax on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have a second account for the podcast, and I tweeted a defense of him, and he blocked me. Interesting. So you were playing both sides. Um, I never got to, like, I never said anything rude about him. I must have been on a, like, thread, and he just decided to block everyone because I, I don't ever tag people in mean tweets. There's no reason for them to see my thoughts if I think, you know. So the second time when I was on my um, Is This Real Life podcast Twitter, I was defending, so there is this rumor that Faith had video of her and Jax and was going to release it. And I'm like, this is revenge porn. And it's if it's true, it's illegal. (laughs) I know, but I would pay money to see it. I feel like Faith is probably a freak in the sheets. And if I get a glimpse of that old guy with like an oxygen tube in the background, like that, that'll really turn me on. (laughs) I'm a sick fuck. It's like not even noon. Yet. I'm like, yeah, I've watched a porno with Jackson and Faith and maybe a geriatric man passing away in the background. Like, Next time I check, he's blocked me. I'm like, what? I was defending you. And the fact that she was trying to like, even if it's just a rumor, it's still revenge porn. And I know California state law. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that was such a missed storyline. I thought it was so interesting. They're like, let's absolutely ruin Faith's character on screen. Everyone's going to call her a slut, a pig, all of these terrible things. And we're never going to give her a chance to defend herself. It's like, ha- what? And she was never on the show thereafter. Like, right. that's what we want. That's what we want to see, like a resolution between them. Or even like Brittany... I mean, granted, I don't need to see, like, a throwdown between Faith and Brittany because I feel like those two girls are both probably quite scrappy, and I feel like someone would get a broken nose. Mm -hmm. So, like, the physical assault aspect of it, I don't need. But any sort of resolution with Faith where after the end of the show, everyone was just like, she's a whore, she's a whore, how dare she do this to Brittany? It's like, how dare you do this to Brittany, Jax? Like, you're the one on tape 
saying, I don't find her sexually attractive. And you wonder why he's like uh, all over Twitter being like, I love my curvy wife. Like she's got like the best body, like my sexy wife. It's like, okay, yeah. Now you're saying this two years later after, you know, you were slamming her being like, she just won't stop eating Taco Bell on the couch. Get up. Like, <laughs> it's like he's what? such a jerk. Such, and it's, and I, he blocked me because I, I never go on Twitter because I just am not good at tweeting. I'm like not funny on Twitter and I like, I'm kind of dyslexic. So like my tweets are always like just terribly, like just have terrible grammar. So I, I never go on there. And then the one time I went on, I think it was last season. I was like, how dare Jax pick on Raquel? Who's like a recent college graduate. Like she barely just finished an internship. Like she volunteers at Vanderpump Dogs. Like she's like a young, innocent little cherub. And Jax is like, dumb fuck like she's so stupid i'm like but buddy like she's 20 years younger than you leave her alone immediate block i'm like well yeah shouldn't be surprised he blocks everyone yeah. oh, well shall we get into housewives we can go day by day <laughs> through yes, the week <laughs> so starting with atlanta we finally get to see the second annual bailey queue i didn't think this would become an annual thing but i appreciate it I love Cynthia's attempts to, like, be funny. She's like, last year's theme was this. This year's theme is everybody looks good in red, and if you don't wear red, you're going to be red. I'm like, I love this. I'm like, it's a little convoluted, yes, but I support it, and I would love to attend a Bailey Q. I would love to. It's the only time we haven't really seen all of the Atlanta Housewives together in the same space until this moment it's all been like oh candy and kenya are doing this portia and kenya are doing that and you you don't get to see them all together it what it is interesting to me that nini has fallen so far that she is using yovana aka that bitch to (laughs) (laughs) spy on cynthia like get you know she got together with Cynthia at her wine cellar and then recorded the conversation it sounds like I feel like the recording conversation is really really trying hard to get a storyline for yourself like why don't you just like go out to dinner and have a conversation and you can really bring it down like Nini loves to start the fight but she's the queen of getting up from the table and running away very Lisa Vanderpump very Tamara Judge like these women who like stir all the pots stir all of the shit and immediately are like I did not do that you need to apologize to me immediately it's like what like how are how are you turning this against Cynthia? I don't know. Those, I, I those think... are all the top narcissists. Yeah, like, that too. So, so intently that they cannot handle any questioning of themselves. It's like yeah. they're always in the right. It's insane. It's so... insane. <laughs> and it's unfortunate for your viewers because I feel like once that sort of arrogance and that kind of air of I'm not going to say anything like Nini on the last reunion last year just sat there with a pouty little look on her face refusing to answer anything you know uh, Phaedra was the same thing where Phaedra was like truly saying the worst things about Candy and Todd and making Portia out to be this crazy bitch for spreading all these rumors when Phaedra did everything she was the puppeteer of the entire situation and she just sat there with a grin on her face she's like I don't know Andy I don't know Andy it's like What's the point of coming on this show if you're not going to actually be willing to say it? Like, that's why Lisa Vanderpump didn't come to the reunion last year because she knew she knew she'd be raked over the coals. And rather than do like a genius 
uh, sort of find a way to manipulate the situation where I feel like Lisa could have really practiced and really, you know, constructed these stories and figured out a way to get herself out of it and outsmart these dumbass women on Beverly Hills. But she couldn't even do that because she's like, if they come at me with anything, I'm screwed. I'm going to crumble. It's so depressing. And with Nini, I'm just, I know she's like the queen of Atlanta and she's hilarious, right? She's given us so much, but now she's not willing to film with anyone. And I'm over it. Like if you, it's an ensemble cast. And as soon as one person thinks they are the entire show, I'm over it. Yeah. And it's that, it's that moment when they say, this is my show. This is my show. It's like, bitch, everyone is replaceable. Let us not forget. Like, you know, no one is safe. And I think we see Vicky Gumbelson where this year she's on like her redemption tour where it's basically like, are you going to show up and, you know, give us something that we want to see? Or are you just still going to be the same asshole you've always been? And I think well, for Vicky's case, she's, still, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's still the asshole <laughs> that she's always been. So, I have a question for you as someone who lives in New York City. So I'm familiar with New York. I have friends there. My brother and sister-in-law live there. I could not get over Candy moving Riley, her 16-year-old daughter, to New York City for an internship with her entertainment attorney. Her apartment was $5,500 a month, and they're having a family friend stay with her. How often do you see apartments like that apartment in New York? Um, Only rich people. So only rich people can afford anything like that. So I'm 26. I have a great job, like a great job, but I'm so poor. Like that's, I think, like the plight of a millennial in New York, unless you're like a fucking doctor, which like follow your dreams, they say. Oh, not even a doctor. And now I'm like, (laughs) uh what the fuck? My friend's a nurse making $90,000 and I'm like, I produce videos and photos and I make like peanuts. Like, but again, follow your dreams, they say. <laughs> Dream it's, big. It's crazy. <laughs> that is so much money. It is a beautiful apartment. I, I am so proud of Riley. I think she's a great girl and I think Candy's been an amazing mom to her her whole life. And so mm-hmm. I think obviously like to say, quote unquote, someone deserves this is crazy because again, I've been living in the city for eight years and I live in like a shanty little two bedroom on the Upper East Side on the sixth floor walk up. So I'm like, she deserves it. Like yeah, through my teeth, I can't even like really speak the words, but she's rich. So I guess it makes sense for her, but she's like, how do I make ice? I'm like, oh God, this age old trope of like how to make ice. Like, come on. (laughs) And it's so crazy to see Kayla there too, Todd's daughter, who is, you know, seven years older than Riley. But, you know, the only thing Todd's given her is a trip to the strip club. Like like a couple (laughs) lap dances and some singles. It's so crazy. I just can't get over how nice of an apartment that was for such a short period of time. I know. I want to be the family friend that has to watch her. Like, I I want to reach out to Candy and be like, I'm a decent influence. I'm not going to say good, but I'm clean. I go to bed early. Like, I'll make sure she's fed. I'll cook her dinner. Like, that could be my full-time job. (laughs) You (laughs) might make more. (laughs) (laughs) I literally will make so much more, but my resume will be like, it's like, wait, producer, photo, all these magazines. It's like, 
candy coated entertainment. Riley's personal <laughs> assistant. <laughs> what? What happened to this career trajectory? I'm like, well, you know what? I wanted to live in that house. Girl's but I think <laughs> girl, I really do. <laughs> it was it's so funny. I oh I couldn't get over that little montage and I was like, this is insane. Uh, But I'm a little bit jealous of Riley. All these wonderful experiences, having a summer at Stanford, a summer in London, now a summer in New York, all paid for. I want to come back. I want to be reincarnated into Riley Burris. Like, granted, like, she has, like, the worst father situation. And, like, don't get me wrong, I've got my own daddy issues. But, like, my dad is not her dad. Like, that guy who's, like, in and out of her life. Then he's, like, texting her out of the blue after they haven't seen each other in five years. She's like, Riley, I don't understand why you don't want to see me. It's like, uh, bro, like, <laughs> you were never there for her. Why is she going to be like, oh, yes, finally, I'm, I'm, you know, reaching my teenhood. I'm, like, 13, 14. I'm finally able to make, like, maybe a little bit of peace, of, peace with what happened throughout her childhood. So she's like, yeah, I don't want to see you. And if I do see you, like, Candy's going to be there. Like, I'm not hanging out with you. I can't think of what his name is. Like, Brock? I can't remember his name either. Speaking of parents, I would argue that Miss Diane, Portia's mother, is the best mother of all the housewives' mothers. I would agree. She's a gem, an absolute gem. And not trying to become part of a storyline or her own caricature, doesn't want to be on Watch What Happens Live with Portia as the bartender, isn't trying to steal any of her like limelight, is just there to help her daughter in a rough time. Just like Mama Joyce. (laughs) (laughs) Mama Joyce are monsters. Every time I see one of these moms um, of the housewives, I understand why the women are the way that they are. Yeah, I think I'm actually working on a series with my friend uh, on my podcast that's about uh, mother-daughter relationships on Bravo because I think it runs so deep and it's so interesting how many different kinds of relationships we see, whether it's Dale and Tinsley or from Potomac, like Candace and her psychotic mother, like... These are stories that I want more of, but also that's like not the crux of the Real Housewives. It's supposed to be like about, you know, the maybe more immediate family. I mean, I think in the beginning, that's what it was about. Like, I'm a mom. Look at all these mom things I do. And now (laughs) now it's like, you know, Roni girls are all single and they're all getting wasted and partying and trying to make out with guys. I'm like, this is also what I want. But I also love seeing, like, you know, any sort of, like, Deandra and Dion Dallas. Like, what the fuck is happening there? Like, Oh, what, my God. That what? is so dark. <laughs> but I would love, <laughs> like, everyone's always talking about having, you know, uh, Housewives cast, you know, all-star. But I would love just to get all the moms together and a camera crew. Like, let's get all of them from like Atlanta to Potomac to Beverly Hills and OC. Like let's bring Tamara's trashy mom in. I was going to say all Tamara's trash box mom. Glam is too much. Like, uh, what? Like, you know, oh, along my- with Dale and, oh, just to see all of the different kind of cultural displays and just, I, and Marge senior. I mean, let's just throw them all together. I would pay good money to watch that. Same. Let's let's produce it. <laughs> so then we've got the Bailey queue, and it is full of drama because Kenya regifts the doll that Ava gave her, 
Um, Portia, I'm telling you, I left so hard when she's like, where does she live? <laughs> like the doll before her. <laughs> and then it really was sort of like, reminded me of the blue bunny. Oh, and- that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, this is giving me flashbacks to Beverly Hills. But it was not done as carefully. It was so obvious that Candy was, or not Candy, sorry, that um, that Kenya was trying to create some drama. And they all told her. Like, Candy was like, that's shady. You know, Portia didn't really want the regifted doll. And, like, everyone's ganging up on Ava. And I don't even understand why. There's She's not saying a whole lot. So, like, Marlo's bringing in her stuff from last season about how she's living above her means. Who cares? Like, yeah. who, they, they're housewives. Of course they're living above their means. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing was crazy. And then um, they all got upset with Cynthia for letting Kenya drag her. It just it was insane. Um, but somehow it all ended on a nice note because they did the shady games where, you know, who's the best twerker or the biggest thirst trap. But then at the end, it was like, who's the most insecure? And Marlo had this really heartwarming, you know, thing that she said about, well, we're all insecure and this is what I'm insecure about. But, you know, we all have our insecurities, but we're all beautiful and we're all wonderful. And I was like, oh, my God, Marlo, I am into Marlo this season. I mean, I think she's got a little bit of humble pie when her family members had to give her their children to watch. So Marlo is like casually taking on, what is it, like two or three kids now? Three. So yeah, like that is insane, like for anybody. And she's again doing it all on her own. And I, I think maybe we're seeing a different side of Marlo, which is the side I like, because I do feel like she has a certain depth that she's willing to be a little bit more vulnerable where Nini's like insecure. I'm insecure about nothing. It's like, that's crazy. Like, you know, so I feel like it was nice to see her soften a little bit. Yeah. I'm totally into it. Any other thoughts on Atlanta? Uh, I don't know. I think it's phoning it in a little bit this season for me. I'm like still waiting for something to kind of grab me this like weird time in Bravo. I'm a little fatigued because OC is dragging me down. Atlanta's not doing it for me. I just like go to bed every night, like wishing Real Housewives of New York, Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm could come back. Oh my God, <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. I pray every day for good season eight. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dear God. Please. <laughs> yeah, please do this for me. I need this. So you're saying that the OC is dragging you down, but I think it's still a lot better than the last few seasons. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, but that's like this addition of Bronwyn, who is really p- making all the women feel like a little insecure. Like going back to this insecurity thing, I think like Vicky doesn't like how Bronwyn lives out loud and, yeah. you know, openly has threesomes and had this marital issues with her husband where she was cheating on him. I'm like, you have 49 kids. How do you have time <laughs> to cheat on your husband, have threesomes and have this whole like, like motherhood thing happening I'm like I can barely like deal with one guy dating him let alone like being a mom and cheat I'm like that's there's a lot going on there so I think she brings like a fun spice and energy where a lot of the women on that show are really like closeted in like even talking about sexuality or you know or just bigoted in talking about sexuality yeah that too (laughs) Vicky's like ew uh, you know, she doesn't, Vicky doesn't have a problem when Tamara's shaking her tits 
in her face and making out with girls. But then Bronwyn does it and she's like, ew, that is disgusting. It's like, Vicky, we all know you have been with a woman. Like, let's be real. Like, let's be real. Like anybody who's so valiantly against this, you know, like she's dabbled and like, fuck yeah, do you Vicky? Like, you know, Lori Peterson did say you had sex with multiple partners and I believe Lori. Yeah, I don't know. Vicky's just, uh, she's so close-minded and obnoxious and she's starting to feel old in a way that Ramona could never, despite being older than Vicky. She's just feeling old to me. I think that's the Steve Lodge of it all. She's like, I finally met a man who just wants to eat chicken cutlets at home every night. (laughs) And, you know, like, go to bed by 8.30 and the two of them watch, like, Blue Bloods in bed and (sighs) go to sleep. Which, like, you know, that's great. And I'm also looking for that kind of person in my life. However, it's not really conducive to being fun on the show. Right. Especially when, like, you know, Kelly, you know, we all know is going to end up breaking up with Dr. Brian, like uh, Shannon's on the prowl, you know? So it's kind of fun when you see some of the women like dating and going out. Like I like when all the women are kind of in the same boat in their life. Speaking of Shannon, did you see her Instagram post yesterday? Oh, let me jump, let me jump I on there. I almost died. So it's her and the new guy, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me, her boyfriend, and they're holding an at-home what? prostate exam uh. test that is supposed to be one of those that, like, can indicate uh. if you might be at risk for cancer. But, like, there's a very, very simple blood test for prostate that every man should get at an annual physical exam there is no need to have a take-home test this is so weird like why is she doing branded content for prostate i mean i guess like obviously like you know get checked out and men should and men are also like so scared of going to the doctor and actually dealing with health issues so like great but shannon why are you doing why? I, I, we don't even know this guy. Like, why is seeing him on my screen going to make me buy an at-home prostate like test? It's, I don't know. I just not your audience. Uh, it was so crazy. I mean, I'm glad that they're talking about a health issue. You know, <laughs> that's very important to men. But there's a really, really easy blood test that men should be getting that is way more uh, like you know specific and sensitive than a take-home test. So well, maybe this is like a direct correlation for Brooks where she's like, <laughs> you know, like, you've got you've to gotta know exactly what if your you're man at risk has. For cancer. Like, you need to be doing at-home prostate exams for your man if he tells you he is sick. You need to be checking that on the daily. It's like the amount of things that were being sold online that are so unnecessary and potentially dangerous medically is shocking to me. <laughs> Well, yeah, you said you work in the medical field, so you must watch all, especially Shannon's, you know, bullshittery with like Doctor Moon and all of this oh stuff. Oh my and, like, god! And all of her medical bullshit. It's like, girl, oh my there god. is something to be said for a placebo effect and to feel like you're being healed. So I understand that, but don't for one second think that crystals in your mouth are going to solve some problem in your stomach. Like, it's just mind-boggling. And if putting nine lemons in a jar makes you feel better, go ahead and do it. That is not dangerous. 
But, you know, watching these women sometimes, you know, with the and the amount of plastic surgery that they're willing to do and then being like, I want to live clean. <laughs> it's like yeah. You're literally putting yourself under the knife. You know, the amount of like risk of infection just from surgery is so high just from being inside a clinic. Like it just drives me crazy. And then they're like, I only want to have this whatever. And then, of all things, Shannon, who wants to be clean, is serves, like she's making her money off of frozen dinners that have tons <laughs> of preservatives in them. <laughs> I mean, I think... I love her, though. I love Shannon. I, I do love Shannon. She's a great addition. I'm glad her divorce drama is kind of ending. I'm glad I just we don't have to see it anymore. Like, get David off the screen after, like you know the whole naked photo in the woods thing like I've quit David like he's no longer he's canceled and I don't believe in cancel culture but David's canceled he's canceled I am really interested to see their oldest daughter's book that she's writing about divorce (laughs) good luck Shannon that's not gonna be (laughs) that was so fascinating so they talk about it in this episode a bit Um, kind of at the end about the impact of divorce on their children. And Gina's contemplating whether or not it makes sense to get back together with Matt. And she doesn't want this to impact her kids. And then Shannon was very open and I thought really dug deep and was like, I thought that our kids couldn't hear us when we were fighting you know, in our room, they could hear us. It impacted them. Every time we tried not to do things in front of them, they still could tell. Yeah. I mean, because also like kids are intuitive and I think parents, when they're going through something like a divorce or they're fighting a lot, like the tension that the parents are holding is so palpable to your kid because they see when you're happy and they see when you're sad from the moment they're born. Like even the first few years, like they're not speaking, but they can feel energy like it doesn't matter you know if they can comprehend what's happening or even like understand that it's like a divorce but you know kids can feel it and their kids were younger but old enough to be like oh mom why are you so sad on your birthday why are you crying on your birthday why is this such an awkward dinner between you and dad like they knew something was happening and also all this shit is happening on television and that's the hard part where it's like not just the divorce, but their entire divorce and trying to work through it was all on screen. And then there was like the, we're renewing our vows. And he's like, I will cherish you forever, Shannon. It's like, uh, bro, like you're probably like leaving that night to go cheat on her. Like it just, it all, it was hard to watch, especially because you knew it wasn't going to end well. So like watching them try to reconnect, it just was like, this is going nowhere and you should just stop for the I, sake of your children. I remember someone saying like, the only way I see this marriage ending is murder-suicide. <laughs> like, oh my God. But like, yeah. I just luckily also, no like, one, I'm happy also, like, no one died. Who would do it? Because remember like they cut the cops called on them because they were fighting one night and like the cops had to come and break it up. And I think. Yeah. I think David would kill her. Uh, yeah, but like, okay, I'm a sick fuck, and like, I used to find David attractive, and I I think it's the crazy psycho eyes, like, I think, like, because he does look like he could murder someone, that attracted me, I don't know why, I don't know why, I'm like, 
again, working through it. But I always thought <laughs> I don't know things that we're working yeah. through. Yeah, I, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. But I'm the first step is in admitting it. And but yeah, he definitely always made me feel uneasy. But I also think he's probably like a freak in the sheets. So <laughs> I'm like really showing all my cards here. <laughs> <laughs> he's interesting. I I very um, confused as to why I like George. Joe Gorga so much. Oh. We can get well, into that later, but because um, yeah. he is the opposite of everything I stand for in terms of like egalitarianism and you know you know women being independent and strong. But I yeah, he is so funny. Um, so back to the OC. The biggest thing that happens is all this fighting between Vicky and Kelly. And Vicky, she's so this reminded me a little bit out of like the Kristen Doty uh, handbook. Of uh, Miami Girl too. Yes, of Miami Girl. So Vicky was talking on Instagram with the woman who supposedly had her hand broken by Kelly at a bar fight. And this, obviously, everyone knows this is not going to end well. Gina gets upset. She hears that Vicky is doing this, asks Vicky, why are you doing this? All the women got involved. Well, all the women are talking about why Vicky should not be communicating with broken hand girl. (laughs) Shannon tells Kelly what Vicky has been doing. Oh, my God. And Kelly, obviously, she flips and she gets really upset with Vicky and, you know, calls her out on everything that she's ever done wrong, which was that she hurts people. She's a did cancer scam, a con woman. Then Vicky, the only thing she can say to Kelly is that Kelly's a slut, which, you know, show all your cards, Vicky. <laughs> like, why not be a slut? She's like was single she always has boyfriends so it's not like she's like sleeping around and doesn't like ever settle down with a guy like why is is the slut shaming so real here like she's single she can be a slut also like sex is great like <laughs> well, like I just don't understand why Vicky struggles so much and I think it's because Vicky is a huge flirt. We always see Vicky flirting with guys. We saw when she was with Don, she was dancing with guys at, you know, the bar or wherever they were. And, you know, I feel like Vicky is subtly jealous that Kelly has this money, doesn't have to work, you know, like has all these guy friends, goes out, parties, like doesn't have to watch the kid all the time. And I think Vicky wishes subconsciously that she had that. But she's also someone who needs a man and needs someone in her life. Even her being like, of course I'm taking Steve's last name. It's like, oh my God, Vicky, you're like 60 something. Like, does and that really this matter? Is your third marriage. You really think you want to take that last name because when it ends, you're going to have to go back. Like, and- also like she didn't change her name when she broke up with Dawn. Like she didn't go back to being Vicky, whatever. Like yeah. <laughs> she still kept her last name. So what does that even mean? Like, what does that even matter, Vicky? I, I also know. think she's jealous that Kelly and Michael are still on good terms. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Vicky is definitely struggling this season. And her reaching out to the woman on Instagram is really, really, really low. And it shows the kind of person that she is. And she's playing really dirty. And ultimately, at the end of the day, like, Kelly is your friend, was your friend. And, you know, they maybe have made up. But, you know, this isn't going to be good. And Vicky's going to, I think she's going to have to pay for this one. Well, she pays for it at the end of the episode because they're all drunk and swimming and she falls and can't get up. 
and God. they have to call an ambulance, and that's where classic. the episode ends. And they did a classic montage of all of Vicky's falls, which was <laughs> I reround it like like I went back like three different times to watch it over. It was so funny. She is a gem, and that's like the hard thing where it's like. You know, you go back and you're like, oh, remember that? Oh, remember that? Oh, remember that? Oh, remember that? Like, Vicky's the best. But then, yeah, you remember, like, you're like, oh, she's a trash swamp person. Like, she's the worst. And she's uh, saying horrible friend. things when they're at a drag show. They were at, like, one of the top drag shows in the Sorry, country. Sorry, drags. I don't get it. Sorry, like, drags. Like, <laughs> it's like she's like, boys dressing as girls, girls dressing as boys. I'm like, you're in Key West. These like drag queens are performing for you. They have incredible outfits. They're doing gymnastics. Like <laughs> shut up and clap. Like that's <laughs> all you have to do. Okay. Oh my God. New Jersey. So I was mentioning I really like Joe Gorga, which is unusual for me, but I find him so cute too. Yeah. Um, would, would smash. Totally. And I think it's because he's really into his wife. And always has been, no matter what she's looked like or acted like or anything. He's always been like, yeah, she's the best. That's my like, woman. I love, I don't know, like, it could be anything. He'll be like, ooh, Melissa, those toes. Get those yeah. toes. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yes, like, worship every part of my body. Like, always. Like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Like, undying, like, you know, like, you know, admiration of my body. <laughs> like, but I think it's, and then she's like, you know, I don't know. We have sex. I don't know. I don't know. But I like how she like also like doesn't always play into it where you see like a Danielle Staub who's like fucking in the bathroom of Teresa's, you know, oh, the Gorga's defunct restaurant. It's like, you can't wait an hour and a half to fuck Marty at home. But have some decorum where the Gorga's are like, yeah, we bang it out all the time, but you know, we're not like we needing to do it at a restaurant. Like there's a time and a place. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Gorgas. Um, but Melissa is really interesting. She's kind of playing both sides throughout the, the episode, but in a way that actually brings the drama to a head, which I appreciated. So she's Marge and Jackie are in one space that seems quite far away. They're all in Jamaica, but they're in a different part of the resort than Melissa, Dolores, Jennifer, and Teresa. Um, it was quite funny to see them go horseback riding. Only Marge, Jackie, and Jennifer oh, go horseback riding. It's one of those things that more disgusting sounds nice, but then you get there and it's full of horse shit. The ocean is full of horse shit. The horses are gross and it's just like not serene at all. Um, so that was really funny. Uh, Jennifer Marge, took it on the chin though. Her falling into that water. I, I laugh out so loud. Hard. You just see yeah. her just do a full like belly flop will side flop into the water and she's laughing she's like I got a little poop water in my mouth I'm just dying but I thought she took it like a champ she I would have been like <laughs> I think Jennifer is one of the best additions uh you know to the show but at any housewife she's classic in just being delusional hilarious putting it all out there being very honest and open about every aspect of her life I yeah. appreciate it. I really In a do. way that Dolores refuses. Like, I used to be a Dolores stan. And in the last few episodes, I've just found her to be so mean to Jackie. And I wonder, she keeps saying, like, 
we're cut from different cloths. We're not the same, you two. And a part of me thinks it's about religion. Like, oh, I don't I know. 100% think like, it is. Like, if that's way weird, but sh- I think she's like, Jackie's Jewish and we're like Italian Catholics all the way. And we were cut from a different cloth. My parents would never do that. Da, 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 da. It's like, Jackie is an established, you know, smart woman, which obviously they're all intimidated by because right. we know women from Jersey aren't the, you know, most book these smart. These women aren't. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Not all women from Jersey. Oh my God. Yes. No, no these women are, <laughs> it's crazy. So I pointed this out on Twitter. I was like, I am like sensing some sort of like low key anti-Semitism here. And a lot of people agreed with me. And then one person was like, but she's friends with Siggy. And I'm like, well, Siggy married an Italian and Siggy's extremely conservative. And so, they also stop following each other on Instagram. So I think those two are dunzo. I think that was a show friendship. Interesting. So I I definitely felt that she was digging at sort of like, you know, when people say New York values and they really mean like Jews. Yeah, I, that's how I felt that whole time when she was talking about Jackie being like liberal and free. And it's like, oh, so you think it's like better for the family for you to stay with your husband who cheated on you while you were pregnant mm-hmm. versus her having a husband who loves and respects her. You think which one do you think is better for the family? Well, they even said, like, Dolores showing vulnerability and being open is a weakness to her, whereas Jackie embraces it. And even, like, the two of them also have, like, similar struggles. Like, Jackie's main point last season was her eating disorder, and Dolores opened up, too, about having a similar disordered eating problem. So you'd think that she'd be able to say, like, oh, yeah, we're very different. We are from different backgrounds, but we have similar things. We both have kids, like, you know, and let us not forget... Dolores' ex-husband was a lawyer, but he was a fucking crook. So, you know, he got disbarred. Yeah, there's a resentment around Jackie because, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think Frank Sr. is putting stuff in Dolores' mind, like, don't trust her, don't trust her. She's, you know, she's just some woman lawyer. She'll never back down. (laughs) She's a woman lawyer. It's like, no, my dude, she could go and get, you know, a a job at a law firm immediately, but your ass can't. And, you know, you're flipping houses with your ex-wife still. Like, you know, so don't hate on Jackie. But don't get me wrong. Jackie can be a little annoying. And I think where Jackie is an interesting fit on this show versus Jennifer, where I feel like Jackie did her research. She watched the show. You saw that she went to Teresa's book signer or whatever. Like, I think she studied the show. Whereas Jennifer might have watched the show, but like doesn't give a fuck about anything. And it's just like, you know, I I appreciate calling Danielle Beverly like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was the best. (laughs) Because her and Danielle got along last season. Yeah. I'm glad. And off camera, Danielle, just because she can't keep it together, just freaks out on one of her only allies. It's... Anyways, I think that's about it for Jersey. That was basically the only thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, we have like the there's like the whole uh, Marge and Teresa fight, but I think they're gonna get over that over like a 21 year old comment. And then comment. Marge also oh, having a lot of financial problems because she was sued by Vineyard Vines for use like, of a whale. But I like how she's open about it Me too. because there needs to be some transparency, and also that happens like it's business like that is normal and 
we see so many shows where they don't address any of the legal problems in any sort of real way. So I like that she's like, this has been really hard for me. It's been really hard for my staff. Like, you know, things, things can like really be done for her business. Like if she didn't figure out a way to kind of make this work at like $12 million is crazy. Like poor yeah. Mars. I know. And she had to file for bankruptcy like her um, business did in order to rebuild. So I'm a huge fan of Marge. And also she's liberal. Her husband isn't, but she is. So like, is she cut from a different cloth? Like well, why that- only Jackie? The whole I thing think it's is weird. A Jewish thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to Dallas because I actually enjoyed this episode more than any of the others this week. Um, I love when they're on vacation, but I love when they go places that are more, I don't know, unusual. So Bangkok, Thailand, we haven't seen any of the housewives go there. It's an incredible city, and they really kind of got into it and went to all of the places that are kind of touristy, but it was fun to see. They go to an elephant sanctuary, and they learn about, and I didn't really know this, like I'd heard it, but what they do to elephants in order to get you to be able to ride them is they torture them, and they call it breaking them, which is so sad. Um, And Leanne, of course, makes it all about herself because she was broken as a child. (laughs) I know. Well, I don't know. I... Leanne is such a dipshit. Obviously, we see her being wildly uh, inappropriate towards Carrie and the whole Mexican thing. So that makes me, I don't know. That's why I have like mixed feelings about Leanne right now. But I also like respect and acknowledge her trauma, like yes. which is severe. Like even you said, you see it here. She's like, I started working at the carnival at age three. Like yep. that is so crazy like she should just be like a little baby having fun she also wasn't close with her mom she was sexually assaulted for all these years in the carnival like i feel like we haven't even tapped into the surface of the damage that has been done to leanne so i understand when she's like i'm broken i'm broken but also it's like girl everybody's broken in their own way and it doesn't excuse bad behavior and you don't always need to bring it back to your damage. That's the thing, <laughs> is that she doesn't leave space for anyone else to talk about their, any background, anything negative, because she always tries to one-up them in the trauma Olympics. Yeah. And I'm exhausted by it. <laughs> trauma Olympics. It I was feels honestly like it. Cool. You know, when, you know, uh, Brandy was like, oh, we had a, you know, I grew up in a trailer and I had all these, you know, parents who wouldn't let their kids you know play with me and that's sad also and you know let her have her moment where she's just speaking about her background she doesn't do it that often Mm -hmm. you know instead of you having to be like well were you getting raped in your trailer Uh, uh, like come on Leanne I, I just I think it's so important to talk about trauma but not to drown out other people as if their lived experience is somehow lesser than yours so so true and you can't compare trauma and it's like everybody has their own thing and carrie opened up her mom was an alcoholic she had all this money she lost a lot of money like all of these things and then you wonder why carrie is like completely dependent on her husband and you know has all these own insecurities about the way she mothers and i don't know i think the two of them have a weird contentious spirit and even when leanne is being like 
blatantly like anti-Mexican or I don't even know the like is it racist it's xenophobic it's xenophobic yeah Yeah. so it's like even her cadence changes when she's talking like that she like gets this like old southern man she's like oh Carrie Whittington little old Mexican girl what do you do like take a shotgun and shoot her like a fucking guy like at the fucking wall in Texas like I don't know she changes and morphs into this person who we've never really seen and I think it's showing up on Bravo shows a lot more because it's just the state of our country, the state of how people think. And when you're being filmed, whether it's Tamara's son or her, like you're starting to see, you know, the divide between people and how people who, you know, are queer allies and how she does all these great things for the LGBTQ community. But it's like, that doesn't mean you, yeah, aren't xenophobic and aren't, you know, being blatantly disrespectful to this woman because she's Mexican and you keep bringing up the fact that she's Mexican like who cares like over and over and over she and she also is one of those who's just so narcissistic she can never be in the wrong so she won't apologize she acts like she's someone who would apologize for poor behavior but at the end of the day she really doesn't and it was so a couple funny things about this episode Cabbages and Condoms, the restaurant where they go to, is very well known, but it's known for having really bad food. So that was very funny that they were like, oh, the food is really bad. It's where you go to see condom art, which, you know, you see sculptures made out of condoms and dresses made out of condoms. And it's great. It's a way to try and make safe sex cool. Um, <laughs> I, I used to go to all of the international AIDS conferences for work and they would have like condom art competitions and <laughs> you could even see like a fashion show that's just all the things are made out of condoms. So that was really fun. Um, <laughs> but let's get into the red light district because oh. this is really interesting. So I was shocked that Bravo even had them go um, because of the types of things that they would be witnessing, including (laughs) which Cameron so beautifully uh, illustrated for us on a whiteboard. Um, They went to a ladyboy show, which they thought was a drag show. But as soon as the music started, they all took off their skirts and they had penises and there was a threesome. And they're in the front row and they're watching it, um, which is pretty exploitative. And then um, because that wasn't exploitative enough, Carrie and some of the other people really wanted to go to a ping pong show. So all the women were given a ping pong paddle and then the uh, all the housewives were and they're in the front row and the women are putting ping pong balls inside them and shooting them at the audience which I had never heard of, where you have to, like, defend yourself <laughs> from the ping pongs. I I really appreciated Cameron's uh, explanation of what was going on. Um, I'm not shocked Graphic. that she ran out. Um, I can understand why it was upsetting for Leanne and a lot of them because she viewed it as these women being exploited, which they are. Completely. And being exploited for the entertainment of a bunch of, you know, loud women who are like, ah, crazy. But it's like, yeah, but also like these women at the end of the day, like have to put on their sweatpants and go home and then live with the fact that their career is shooting ping pong balls out of their vagina. Like 
there's like a lot, there's like layers to this type of entertainment and yeah, oh yeah, fun. Ha ha. It's crazy. But Leanne's completely right. Like this is yeah. exploitative with women and you know, it's, it's only so fun for a second and until like all these women are like, wow, I'm so brutally uncomfortable with, with what scenes. happened. Yeah. But Leanne did lie after <laughs> this. She kept saying how they were in a really unsafe area, which <laughs> unsafe is very like it's different for different people but I'm sorry you're in a country that doesn't really have a whole lot of gun violence or Mm -hmm. you know like what's gonna happen to you and Brandy pointed out they had security with them and you have a film crew so she's definitely using it to manipulate everyone to think they're in an unsafe area and have to immediately leave and she's being very manipulative towards Cameron and I actually Mm -hmm. caught she said and I quote to Cameron, Leanne said, we're in a really bad part of town, so I can't let you go pee while he gets us a cab. As if she has to let Cameron go to the bathroom. I know. Oh, and I think, my God. I think Stephanie hit the nail on the head where she's like, Carrie and uh, Cameron. Oh Carrie and Cameron had their little come to Jesus moment. They left the bar together and that just set Leanne off where it's immediately like this. You're abandoning me. You're picking her over me. You don't like me anymore. You don't care about me. So I'm going to show you so much love and I'm going to care about you so much. Don't do this. You're unsafe. It's you can't do this. I'm the one who's going to take care of you. Not Carrie who doesn't care about you. Like, there's a whole camera crew. There's like 50 women. None of you guys are so fucking drunk, even though Brandy had a beer in her hand this entire trip, which is like goals. But, you know, none of them were going to be like in such bad peril because of, you know, going to the bathroom. There was security, which they said that there was, and an entire camera crew. I think she could go to the bathroom. but And so it's... her and Brandy do end up going to the bathroom, and the women <laughs> leave in twos. And so Brandy and Cameron are the last two to leave. And Stephanie and Leanne are the first two. And the whole ride back, Leanne is complaining about Carrie. Like, oh, Carrie said she's all tough and she couldn't handle it when one ping pong ball comes after her. And then Carrie is with Deandra saying, I really think Cameron is having a great time on this trip, but Leanne doesn't like it. And, you know, and then you see uh, when Brandy and Cameron gets back and Cameron goes into the final scene is she goes into the hotel room that she's sharing with Leanne and Leanne is screaming at her I know. and is like, do you even know how many sex workers we just looked at? As if it's Cameron's fault, these women are being exploited and that it was her choice to go to the red light district and to see this exploitation firsthand. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that scene's going to be really uncomfortable watching, like, Leanne fight with her. It's like, and Cameron says it. She's like, why are you yelling at me? Like, yeah. why? Like, we all wanted to leave. Like, and then she's like, big bad Carrie's not too scared of the show. Little chirpy Mexican is yeah, what like, she calls her next episode. It, it's like, what? Like, yeah, maybe she wanted to see it, but maybe she realized she was uncomfortable halfway through and wants to leave. Like, that's okay. And I don't know. It just It all felt very forced. And I think Leanne is just, yeah, that insecure little girl who's like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. You're my friend. You're supposed to be here for me. And at this point, who does she really have? DeAndre isn't nice to her. 
you know, Carrie and Deandra are obviously butt buddies. Stephanie and her are on fine terms. Brandy and her are kind of on fine terms. But that is like, you know, the, it's thin ice over there. Like things can easily change with a Brandy Leanne moment literally at any second of the two of them starting, you know, another World War Three. And but, they all <laughs> notice the comments, the Mexican comments. I mean, it's like just unnecessary and bringing that into an argument is so low that I think it says a lot about Leanne where she's fighting so dirty. Obviously we saw her being like, he gets his dick sucked at the roundup. Like that was dirt down and dirty too, just in a different way. But you know, who cares if she's Mexican? Like who cares? But again, let us not forget these are Texas women all, you know, leaning towards the red. Like, you know, they're all, probably have like their conservative biases like look at fucking Cameron Westcott like she's not like I'm you know I, I don't know like Cameron you know is super conservative Leanne is like, the only one who said she didn't vote for Trump out of the whole group but yet she's the one being the most openly xenophobic yeah so it's it's, it's, it's so it's, upsetting I'm I'm very disappointed in Leanne, and I'm very disappointed more so that she hasn't apologized openly. She's had multiple weeks to do this, and she's digging in her heels and being like, I couldn't be racist. My grandma didn't raise me that way. Well, girl, you, you are being. <laughs> and and the oh, it's just so unfortunate. The whole thing feels really, really dark. I've been wondering whether or not Dallas will come back next season. And I've heard one, you know, rumor that it's not, and then another rumor that they're casting. So I'm not sure what to think. I think it'll probably come back. I think they're always trying to find that sweet spot with uh, new cast members, and I think they got it when they got Deandra and Cam. Yes. But yeah. putting this new Carrie girl in, she's not really doing it for me, and I don't really know. I think they had a good thing going last season. There was Carrie Duber who, again, like, didn't really bring anything, but at least she had, like, a weird husband. And she also was willing to, like, always play both sides, where I kind of like that sometimes, where I'm like, because that's, like, what normal friendships are. Like, in a group of friends, like, sometimes you're not always going to agree with your main friend, and you could see someone else's point. So I always kind of thought Carrie, I don't know, was, like, willing to hear people out. And even being able to, like, forgive Leanne after... (laughs) The roundup comments, yeah. like and call, like, I don't know. I, I I would have preferred them just to keep the same cast as last season and let that rock and see how yeah. it would go. But they, I guess, wanted Carrie to spice things up, and now it's getting a little too spicy. It's <laughs> a little interesting because I think it's. I always kind of get a sense from the housewives how they think someone's going to be received. So they all seem to think that Carrie would be well-received. And we're like, you're going to love her. She's amazing. And a lot of the housewives um, in the OC said that about Bronwyn as well. And I don't know. I feel like they sometimes misread what the general public thinks or the housewives of Beverly Hills. So thinking that everyone would turn on LVP, you know, they just seem yeah. to miss it sometimes. What sort of... And sometimes I miss it. I'm like, oh my God, look at LVP. She's being like such a little punk. And then all these people online are like, LVP for life. <laughs> like, 
Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, LVP stands are so strong. It's terrifying. Yeah, there's nothing you can't convince them. Like, they're just so blind, blind loyalty. (laughs) Well, that's about it for Housewives this week. But any excitement that you have for the for 2020 Housewives and Vanderpump and all that? I think 2020 will be a great year. I love a new franchise, so I'm jazzed about Salt Lake City. I think Me too. Bring it on. Bring it on. And people yes. are like, I can't believe it. It's like, who's, like, what's going on in Salt Lake City? It's like, but what know. was going we'll on? We'll find out. Like, <laughs> give me all of it. Give me new people. Give me fresh blood. Give me some real money. Like, I want to see that, so I'm really excited. Vanderpump Rules, like, it's going to come back hot. I can't wait. Like, just that show is the best ever. And the great thing is, is that what is it like a 22 episodes, then maybe two or three parts of a reunion. Like that's half my year. Like it's amazing. So that's part of my year. (laughs) You know, we have Roni coming back without Bethany, which is interesting. And then now Tinsley's engagement, like all of these things are going to be on screen. And what I'm interested in is seeing how, Beverly Hills and New York address BravoCon because the girls were there. They're filming during this time. So I'm wondering if they're going to be breaking the fourth wall and talking about what happened at BravoCon. Like, will they be addressing the fact that they're all big stars? Like, That's in addition, my fave when they break the fourth wall. Yeah, same. I love, I love that. So I wonder about that. Even like Tinsley getting booed for being with Scott at BravoCon <laughs> and then the week later he proposes. Like, I wonder if those things are going to kind of be touched on in the next season where it's like her probably being very sad after leaving BravoCon being like, wow, a room of 2000 people just booed for my relationship. Like, <laughs> yeah, should but, I, but should then I don't talk about the negative aspects of your relationship. Cause we'll only see those. Well, exactly. You know, she was saying that he was kind of controlling and all that. I don't know if he was, I wasn't sure what she was trying to get at. She kind of couldn't speak whenever it came to Scott. Everyone was yelling at her, and then she'd be like, Bleh. Also, they're like, call Scott and have a sexy conversation with him on the phone. It's like, uh, you know, Bethany, why don't you call Paul and have a sexy conversation, see how much he likes it. Right. Like, uh, come on. Like, you don't have to make her feel bad. Like, I would never, if I was on screen and, like, the guy I'm dating – uh, you know, was a little bit shy and maybe you don't even have that kind of relationship where you call him and talk about sexy things. Like some people just don't do that. Like, like most people don't. Not every like, guy is Joe Gorga. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> not every guy is Jacinda's John who she's like, Hey John, I'm excited to see you later. Get it on. He's like, yeah, baby. Like that's what we're going to do. Like, you know, so leave her alone. Like let her be. Let her be. Well, thank you so much for being on. Where can everyone find you? Thank you. This was so great. I love coming on shows like that just talk about Bravo where I don't have to like be worried about my own show bullshit. So this was so fun. So fun. <laughs> my show's called Bravo Happy Hour. It's a Bravo news show. comes out every Monday and Thursday. Spotify, Apple Pods, literally anywhere you can hear sounds. You can find it. But yeah, you have to come on my show in January. This will be very fun. I'm 100% in. So excited. And hopefully we can do it after the 7th because I really want to recap or chat about Vanderpump Rules with you. Yes, please. I will put that in my notes. I'm like, okay, post-January 7th episode. Okay, well, you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thanks, you too. I have to go record my show at 1. I'm like, oh my god, 
my whole day is just Bravo, which is like bittersweet. (laughs) All days, all days should be just Bravo. (laughs) Well, it was great to talk with you and I'm excited to work on more fun episodes together. Yes, thank you. also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.